Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show on Believe. I am joined today by the amazing and wonderful Omar Ruiz of the NFL Network, and we are going to talk playoffs. I'm excited for this weekend. Omar, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, Tracy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited, too. It's. I think we were talking uh, off off camera a little, little while ago that we had a lot of blowouts this past weekend, mm-hmm. and, and we, we said on our show last night that uh, the law of averages ought to work <laughs> in our favor for divisional rounds, so yes. if we had kind of four blowouts, a couple close games over the weekend, then I'm, I'm thinking that at least three this weekend will be sort of those back and forth thrillers. So it should be exciting once again. I think so too. And I mean, looking at the matchups, these I think these could all be really close games. So let's do a quick little recap of the weekend that was, even though most of them were blowouts and not that exciting. There was Las Vegas, Cincinnati, which really got exciting at the end, much like Dallas, San Francisco. And those were the only two. You know, but at the end of the day, the Bengals, you know, pulled it out. Uh, I had such conflicting thoughts because I really like Joey Burrow, but then I kind of want Derek Carr to get his first win. But you know what? What I wanted really has no effect on the game. Uh, But that that was exciting. And, you know, I think the Bengals are somewhat for real. Yeah, I I think Cincinnati of all the teams that, you know, uh, are it's it's hard to say that because in the same breath, I was going to say, you know, Cincinnati might be the most likely of the underdogs to to win. I also mm-hmm. think San Francisco has a great chance. So I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about that in a little yes. bit. <laughs> Cincinnati, I, I think to your point, proved that they are for real. I think Joe, Joey Burrow is, uh, you know, not a, a new sensation. I think he's going to be, you know, this is the first of many. And I think his comments um, surrounding the win reflected that, that this is the new expectation for them and that this is going to be at the bare minimum what they expect every single year so uh but but like you you know covering the, the Raiders a bunch uh seeing Derek Carr in his first playoff game and, and kind of leading them up in the fourth quarter and trying to make that comeback you know you can't help but feel bad for them and, and the Raider Nation fan base you know 20 years now you know since making a, a playoff win but but for Cincinnati going back even further 31 mm-hmm. years for that fan base to get a playoff win and, and snapping uh, one of the longest streaks in sports uh, was exciting to see. And then to see Zach Taylor go out and about mm-hmm. in town, hand out game balls to the fans. That was that, awesome. That is so cool. That reminded me a few years ago when the Royals won the World Series, I think it was 2015, how you know, all the players went out into town and they were buying bar tabs for everybody mm-hmm. and, and really sort of became one uh, with their fan base in that moment. And I, I feel like the Bengals sort of did the same thing. And it, it's kind of like that small market mentality mm-hmm. that, that they really kind of join ranks with one another. And I think that was cool to see, especially for a fan base that had been so loyal over the years to be rewarded like that, I think was, was really, really cool. And, and, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, it's not a fluke, you know, that he came on the scene last year and, and did what he did, putting up rich, big numbers. He did that at LSU. He's done it all year mm-hmm. long this year. So I think he's one of these guys that we're going to start talking about with Mahomes and Josh Allen and the rest of the future of the AFC. I agree with you. And, and you know, back to like what you said about that, that small market. And, you know, Burrow had said a couple months ago, he was talking about COVID, but he said there's not a lot to do with Cincinnati. So he thought that's why <laughs> players weren't COVID. And it just kind of goes to show like the Bengals are such a big part of that town. They love their football team and it's been so long. So, so this is going to be fun, though. They have a very tough road ahead, which we'll talk about in a bit because next up for them 
are the uh, well-rested Tennessee Titans. So we'll talk about that in just a little bit. The surprise blowout for me, just the extent of the blowout, was the Patriots and the Bills. I really thought that that had the potential to be a good game, but I think Buffalo showed us that, oh no, talk about a team that is for real and really getting hot at the right time. Not not in temperature, because as we know, it was about five <laughs> degrees in Buffalo on Saturday night, but they are getting hot at the right time. So it was, uh, I was shocked by that one. I was like, this, this is this really the score right now? But you know what? It's, it's a new world in the AFC East. Yeah. And I, I think you could say the same thing about last night too, with the Rams yes. dominating the Cardinals, where you just don't think that a divisional rivalry type of game would, would, would reveal such a big blood, especially when the team split in the regular season. So you can't necessarily say, you know, the matchup was so in favor of mm-hmm. one team over the other. But um, but but I think the Bills are kind of rounding into form and they're becoming that Super Bowl contender that everybody talked about them before the season. And it might have taken a while to, to figure it out. And every team is different from year to year. And and Josh Allen, you know, showing up in a big way. And and uh, and that felt I don't know about you, Tracy, watching that game, but that felt personal for the mm-hmm. Bills, for Bills fans, you know, for all the losing that they had experienced over 20 years of Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, <laughs> and the New England Patriots to have some measure of revenge, I think there was no let up uh, from the no. Bills. And that was also part of that big score because, you know, maybe if it's, you know, 30 to 13, we we feel a little bit differently, but the Bills, you know, they, they put their foot on the gas there and and especially the conditions that, that the way they were mm-hmm. and the fact that that New England had dominated on the ground so much in that first Monday night game in, in Buffalo that 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 Mac Jones only threw three passes during mm-hmm. the regular season for it to be such a you know turn on its head type of game. Yeah, it was certainly surprising. And actually, I had a uh, Steve Weish on last week and I said, yeah, if you're the Bills, here come the Patriots. Belichick's done, of course, such a good job with them this year. It's going to be a tough matchup. And the Bills said, oh, no dice, my friend. We are going to take this and run with it. But I I think that's and that's how it should be. And that's where the Bills are. And that is the league is cyclical. And in the AFC East, it just took 20 years for the cycle. But uh, it'll be fun. And I think uh, another surprising aspect of it was if Mac Jones would have showed up and and totally, you know, looked unprepared or threw five interceptions Mm -hmm. or something crazy, but he didn't play that badly. No, he didn't. And they still dominated, dominated the way they did. It certainly was you know, historic, you know, every possession ending in a touchdown, except for the last kneel down, you know, that mm-hmm. it was just truly one of the most dominating performances in NFL history, let alone playoff history. So we have a couple more to talk about. I think the the Bucks and the Eagles, I don't really think there's much to say there. That was just a, just a hot mess. I was personally, even though I tend to never root against Tom Brady. I was a little, I was kind of rooting for the Eagles knowing that if the 49ers won, I was off to green Bay this weekend and thought, well, maybe I could be off somewhere a little bit warmer, but no, no to the frozen tundra we go. But so that not much to say there, Kansas city, Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger's last game. So that was, you know, obviously a a big deal for the Steelers, but I think that one went pretty much how we thought that. Yeah. Well, both of those (laughs) games you mentioned, you know, giving ammunition for all the people who don't want the seven seeds in the uh-huh. playoff because now they're zero four, a couple of blowouts this year, and uh, it's 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 like one of those. I think it's here to stay. Of course, the NFL is not mm-hmm. giving any money back. Those playoff games are here no. to stay, and <laughs> we might potentially view them as that one and sixteen seed in, in March Madness, where uh-huh. so you're probably not going to get that upset. But if it does, it's going to feel historic. It's going to feel huge, and and you're going to point to that game and say, "This is why they have 
that seven over a possible two, but certainly wasn't the case this year. I also wonder, and this might sound very strange and time will tell on this, but I also wonder if over time those seven seed teams become a lot better, that the longer this happens, does the regular season change a little bit? If you know with a seven seed, you can get into the playoffs and you've got a couple guys that are struggling with injuries. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see over time if it evens out a little bit. It probably won't. And that may be a really silly thought process, but I'll be just curious over time to see how that goes. It was a good test case because we we see it every year, whether it's a one Mm -hmm. seed or in this case, the the Eagles, they did rest most of their players week 18 and, and, and the Cowboys kind of blew them out. Um, and and the Eagles didn't get much you know reward for for resting no. their players and and we also see teams that come in you know fighting scratching and clawing and and, and fighting for their way into the playoffs they get there and then they get blown out because they're so beat up so you mm-hmm. just never know how these things are going to play out but but obviously I don't think you know that seven seeds are going to go winless because you know there there have been a couple of times where six seeds kind of run the yeah. table and get to the Super Bowl so um, you know it's only a matter of time. You know, again, before the law of averages catch up and, and those seven seeds, seven seeds start becoming a little more competitive. So the game in between the two blowouts was the 49ers and the Cowboys. That was a very strange football game. I mean, you had punts hitting the scoreboard, sun stopping catches. Sorry, I had trouble getting that out because it was also weird. The ref <laughs> running into the center at the end of the game. I mean, that was just a very strange football game. Uh, and I I know that there are a lot of unhappy people in Dallas right now, but Talking about a six seed that could run the table, you have a 49ers team that it's 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 interesting, different than March Madness. I think in the NFL, the difference between six and seven is actually pretty large. Yeah. Uh, and you have a 49ers team that really was playing below their weight class, so to speak, as opposed to punching above their weight class for much of the season. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Um, and I want to talk more about them. So you mentioned quickly last night's game, Rams Cardinals. I have to actually tell you, I wasn't that surprised by it. Okay. I, I wasn't surprised by the outcome. I was surprised by the blowout nature of it. I, I figured the Rams would win. The Cardinals hadn't looked uh, the same since DeAndre Hopkins went down, mm-hmm. but, but I just didn't think in that environment uh, that they had experienced victory earlier this year, that, that they mm-hmm. would go out of sorts and that Cliff Kingsbury at this point you know, couldn't make an adjustment and try to find that offensive cohesion without DeAndre Hopkins. And, um, you know, James Conner being banged up and, and probably not being 100%, you know, didn't help matters as effective as he's been all year long. But uh, but you got to give credit to the Rams, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, they're a team that when Robert Woods went down, understandably mm-hmm. so, they had some growing pains. They had to figure out that offense, how to best incorporate OBJ and, and let Matthew Stafford work through, you know, that stretch where he had a bunch of pick sixes. But we all knew that they had the talent that if they did figure it out, mm-hmm. um, they'd be pretty scary. And and I think we were all confident that Sean McVay would figure it out. And it looks like he mm-hmm. has. And now that's a scary team heading into Tampa. So let's look at the divisional round. And I'm going to go in order because sometimes I felt – though I told Steve last week I was going to go in order and I was all over the place. But today <laughs> I am absolutely – yeah. I'm going to go in order. I'm going in order from the Saturday early game to the Sunday late game. Uh, But we're going to start with Cincinnati and the Titans. Off to Nashville they go. Cincinnati team is for real, and they are good. But so are the Tennessee Titans. And they're getting Derrick Henry back. To be honest with you, I don't know how much of a difference that does make because certainly this is taking nothing away from Derrick Henry, and I certainly would not say this to his face. But he was not having the season 
before he got hurt that he'd had, you know, in years past. And they obviously have been very effective running the football without that, without him, of course, him coming back is certainly a positive, but this team looks good on all sides of the ball, no matter what. And I think these Titans are pretty scary. Yeah, the t- Titans are my pick uh, for the Super Bowl in, in that uh, Derrick Henry. Ah. Um, you know, I, I disagree with you, Tracy, there. I think he was having a monster season that first half. You can disagree hurt. with me. It's fine. It, I allow for fact, it. <laughs> he, he would have been my MVP um, to that point. Um, the, the way he was he was running in historic fashion, you know, putting up, you know, the averages. And, and he was only in company with Jim Brown. and Okay, and fine. You're State. right. Maybe and it's just been this, so long that yeah, I forgot. It's been, it's been so long <laughs> since then. And and, uh, and so, you know, we forget how effective he was. But that's not to say that he's going to reclaim that form immediately hitting the field. But obviously the Bengals will have something to think about if King Henry is able to, to take the field. And I think because of that, I can't help but think that the Titans are going to activate him for that reason alone, that you have oh, to account for him. You have to formulate a game plan around him. But to your point, also, the Titans continue to win without him. It's not like they they struggled down the stretch and barely hang, hung on because, you know, the second place in the AFC South was, you know, uh, six and 11 or something like mm-hmm. that. They still won games. They still beat people. They blew out the Rams without Derrick Henry. They, they did. The Chiefs. Um, I think Henry was still there, but that's the game he got hurt. Um, so, so they did damage even without Derrick Henry and they learned to win without him. And I think the benefit of all that is you have people that stepped up that were counted on in roles that may not have been the case, uh, had Derrick Henry been there, the identity of their team didn't change. And that's a credit to Mike Vrabel, uh, and the coaching job he did. And you mentioned that the rest factor being the only team uh, to get that by, um, will certainly benefit them on the flip side. The Bengals come in with a lot of momentum, a lot mm-hmm. of confidence, that swagger that Joey uh-huh. Burrow brings to the table. You know, it's funny. His name is Joe. You know, he has that sort of, you know, wearing the the, the cool sunglasses like a Joe Namath, but then he has that cool poise on the field like a Joe Montana. So uh-huh. it's kind of fitting that his name is Joe. Um, Going to go in there. I think huge for them will be Trey Hendrickson. You know, can he th- – that was such a different – uh, mm-hmm. A difference point in the game with with the Raiders is you know they, the Bengals were firmly in control. Trey Hendrickson gets hurt, and it's a different Bengals defense. Mm-hmm. So it'll be critical if he can come back uh, for them. But but this is going to be one of those games that is I think it's going to be back and forth. Um, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to make plays because you know Joe Burrow will, and mm-hmm. uh, and and I would expect you know a thriller in this one. And because I said that Derrick Henry will rush for over 200 yards, you mark the words, <laughs> this is how it goes. And I'm fine with it. I'd love to see that because I actually, I'm a really big Derrick Henry fan. So I would love to see him rush over. But you just want, he'll just come on out there. He'll be like, I listen to that podcast. I'm going to show that girl. Uh, but so I think, but I think, you know, Tennessee most likely comes out on top on this one unless things go wrong. I have a, a general hot take that I said the other day that I'm just going to throw out there for all the games this weekend. Uh, Teams don't lose because it's cold. Teams don't lose because they didn't have enough rest. And teams don't lose because of the refs. Those are all reasons that fans and teams might want to talk about if they lose. But yeah. that's not why they lose. And so if the Bengals lose those, this game, it's not going to be because they didn't have the weekend off, et cetera. If the Titans win this game, it's not going to be because they did yeah. have the weekend off. Certainly helps. Certainly yeah. helps. But I just think the Titans, I agree with you. They're, they were my midseason Super Bowl pick. I'd picked the Bills before the season. Uh, then I did the Titans midseason. And so what I'm really hoping for is a Bills Titans and an AFC championship game. 
So that, I just think that'd be exciting. And so here I'm going to do what I said I wasn't going to do, but now I'm going out of order because I mentioned the Bills. <laughs> so let's move to the Bills and the Chiefs. I'm, I find this game fascinating. I am so curious as to how this team, this game goes. I think the Bills come out on top, but I just find it, I'm so fascinated by this game. I kind of can't wait for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, you know, you look back and, and I think the, the, the image for me that I saw over the weekend was Stefan Diggs standing on the field at Arrowhead last year. Confetti's mm-hmm. coming down on the Chiefs. They're celebrating the AFC championship, getting the Lamar Hunt trophy, all that. And Stefan Diggs has a picture of him. You know, it's to his back. So somebody's getting it from the, the deeper perspective, watching him uh, watch the, the Chiefs celebrate. And he says, we will be back. And so they mm-hmm. get their shot now. And obviously winning in the regular season is not the same as winning in the postseason. So, yeah. um, you know, the, the Bills will have their shot. They're going to have to go through the two-time champions. And, and by the same measure with the Chiefs, like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, they showed that they can mm-hmm. win through adversity uh, during the year that defense came together just kind of like they did in 2019 when they when they won the Super Bowl, how Steve Spagnuolo traditionally just has that defense playing a lot better at the end of the year mm-hmm. uh, than they do during the early part of the regular season. And and that's what we're facing with. So uh, everybody's picking the Bills, you know, to get to the Super Bowl and justifiably so the way they've come together at the end of the year. But, you know, to, to you know, be the man, you got to beat the man. And so this yes, is I like those, that. This is one of those cases where you know the Bills are going to have their shot, but the Chiefs are not going to go quietly into the night. So this will be a fascinating game, uh, and and every reason why you know it is in that Sunday you know late window because that's going to be you know ratings through the roof and the two young studs and both and, and both coming off five touchdown performances. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. Know, it's going to be so fun. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. And and the Arrowhead is a special environment. You know, so yeah, that's going to be a, a fun watch, and I know we'll all be glued. I'm. I will be on a flight home from Green Bay, so I will be glued <laughs> to my to Twitter, I suppose. <laughs> but we'll see. But I have. Hopefully, you have uh, TV on the on the flight. Yes, hopefully we do. I feel like I'm just going to try to manifest that out right now. There you go, uh, Delta. I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I I think and it's interesting because we talked about the Cardinals who started so strong and really just fell off and and. Yes, they lost DeAndre Hopkins, but they just really and always seem to just get worse throughout the season. Then you have a Chiefs team that everybody was worried about in the beginning. What happened to the Chiefs? What happened to Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. Uh, and and you wanna you wanna have those growing pains early in a season. Yeah. But um, oh, it's gonna. I, I feel like this one is coming down to the wire. We may get an overtime out of this one. I just, it's gonna be a great football. Yeah, game. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, uh, overtime or you know one of these you know thirty eight thirty five shootouts and and you know back and forth and just clutch play after clutch play. I, I mean, we say that now and it'll be another blow, you know, like yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, on paper anyway, this is one of the best matchups that we've seen in quite some time. And they're at Arrowhead and, and back to my hot take earlier. I do think Arrowhead, that makes a difference. I'm sorry. There are certain stadiums that actually I think do make a difference in football games. Interesting. AT&T stadium seemed to make a difference on the opposite effect for the home team. But I think Arrowhead does, does make a difference. I still think the bills come out on top. Um, and I, you know, I think it'd be kind of fun for the NFL to have some real new blood there. You have a Titans bills, AFC championship game would, would be cool. And talk about a fan base in Buffalo that is loyal and loves their bills. Um, be excited for them. So 
We'll see how that goes. All right, we're going to move to the NFC. Uh, we'll start with the much-touted and teased 49ers-Packers game that I keep talking about uh, as San Francisco heads to Green Bay on a short week. But again, I don't think that's going to be the reason if they lose. Uh, uh, but where it's going to be in in single digits, I believe, at kickoff. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be a, a good time. Yeah, I looked at the weather. It's a high of 21 on Saturday at noon. So Yay. Yeah, I um, the, yeah, forecast <laughs> yesterday, I think uh, Saturday night, it's going to be two degrees. So and then with like a nine mile per hour or nine mile per hour wind. So, you know, it's going to be negative degrees with the feels like temperature. So, um, yeah, that's going to be well, that's a perfect environment. It's Lambo. It's Lambo. The, it's perfect. Niners like to play smash mouth bully ball. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just think back to, you know, I think it was the 2012, no, 2013 season. When uh when you know Harbaugh and Kaepernick go into Lambo, oh, it's similarly cold. You can see the guys' skin all you know red when they go into the locker room, and, and they really you know thoroughly outclass the Packers in their uh, home environment. And and I could see a similar outcome uh, with this one. Now you mentioned the the buy for the Packers, looking like they're going to get Zadaria Smith and Jair right. Alexander back. But similar thing uh, with 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 the Titans in that you just don't know you know, after, you know, being off for several months uh, with injury, how effective they'll be in their return. Now, that being said, the Packers defense has been playing well, uh, even without those guys. So to get their two best players mm-hmm. back, you know, certainly can be is going to be a boost, um, you know, whatever they're, they're able to provide. But yeah, the, the Packers have been scary all year, but but so have the Niners when they've been healthy. When they've been healthy and when they played up to their potential. And I think that talk about a team coming in with momentum and a team that essentially has been in the playoffs for the last several weeks because every game for them was a playoff game or they were not going to the playoffs. And, you know, they played accordingly. And I think the San Francisco team in some ways reminds me a little bit of what I said about the Chiefs earlier. You know, what is happening? This team is three and five. There's they have way too much talent for this. And then they had that horribly embarrassing loss to Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals and things started to turn around. And it's been interesting because the players have been reticent to call that a game that was a turnaround. But if you look at, if you look at that game <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, what's yeah. happened since it really was a turnaround for them. And this team does find a way to win football games. I mean, Fort Niners fans have got to have like the highest blood pressure of, of any fan base in the league right now, but they do find a way to win football games, but they can't turn the ball over. Yeah. They can't go down 17 nothing. You do that, forget it. But you look back in that game, that third week of the season, September, when they almost won, but it was that final drive by Aaron Rodgers. And I think that is actually maybe the biggest thing, is you cannot be, let Aaron Rodgers be the last one to have the football. Yeah, and I think that that game also proved, and not that it, you know he needed to prove to me, but maybe to nationally that – that drive that Jimmy G put together was why they wanted him in that spot for this year and mm-hmm. why they just didn't immediately hand over the keys to Trey Lance because Jimmy G has proven time and time again that when when the game is on the line, he can come through. Now, he has a lot of bonehead plays throughout the game that, that sometimes prevent the 49ers from being in that late game position mm-hmm. for him to come through. But if they are... Uh, he can go toe-to-toe with anybody. Like you said, in that game was just a matter of leaving Aaron Rodgers too much time. And, you know, Tom Brady is, is in similar mold. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to march down the field if you give him 25 seconds, whatever. But but there's just two people in the world, really, that can operate that way. Um, you know, maybe Mahomes. But, uh, but, but the 49ers, I think, will go in there with a lot of confidence. You mentioned the momentum. And, and I think that style of play, similarly, uh, how they matched up well against the Cowboys, because – 
you know, it works a couple of different ways. The, the 49ers obviously, you know, play that physical style, both sides of the ball, and that can wear a team down. But at the same time, you're also keeping the ball away with the time of possession and not letting mm-hmm. that explosive offense have the ball as much. And, and so, you know, it, it all goes hand in hand. And I think that similar, you know, kind of game plan that worked against the Cowboys can work uh, against the uh, the Packers. But I just don't think um, you'll be able to take Aaron Rodgers out of rhythm so easily yeah. that, that the, the Cowboys offense was. Um, I think Jimmy G will have to make more plays and he'll have to avoid those backbreaking mistakes because there's not as much wiggle room going against the Packers. Absolutely. And, and, you know, looking when you mentioned that drive against the Packers, I was thinking against the drive against the Rams with 87 seconds and no timeout. Yeah. So he can yeah. do it. But I do think Saturday night, they just, they can't have the special teams gaps. Mm-hmm. That, that's been an issue. They cannot, they cannot have these, the bonehead interceptions. And I am a, a Jimmy G fan. I, I think they absolutely made the right move having him as, as QB one for this season. And I think he can absolutely win this game for them. But I think those are the things that they're going to have to avoid because you already mentioned a Packers defense that was playing well, getting two of their best players back, Aaron Rodgers, they're at Lambeau. It's funny though. This is a game that a few days ago I said, I think they'll beat Dallas. And then I think they lose to green Bay, but as the week goes on and we're only at Tuesday, my feeling on that sort of changes. And to be honest with you, I, I can't totally tell you why. I think it's just, I, I think there's also a confidence with the 49ers that no matter what happens, they always think they can win the game. And there's yeah. a lot to be said for that because they could have folded in that Rams game. Yeah. Well, I think what we're seeing is the 49er team that a lot of people picked to go to the Super Bowl before the year. You know, mm-hmm. when they're healthy, when they're playing well, the thought was they're better than anybody in the NFL, you know, mm-hmm. based on paper. And, and, and when you see them, perform for three quarters the way they did against Dallas or two and a half or whatever, and then kind of hang on. That's the team that people envision. So when you think about, you know, this playoff matchup with the Packers, it's if they can get four quarters of that team that they will beat the Packers. Absolutely. But, 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 you know, can they do that? And and can Rogers do his best to, to, to try to avoid that? Um, You know, that, that's obviously the, the question. That's why they, we play the game. But I think that confidence is not, you know, for anything other than, and this is a really good team, uh, you know, built the right way and and when healthy, um, you know, has proven that they can beat anybody. 100%. And they have Debo Samuel. So that never, that never hurts anybody. That's awesome, isn't he? Everyone's God. favorite wide back. So much fun just, to watch. Yeah. It's so much fun to watch. So I think another great game. All right. We are going to now have, we have the GOAT who's won like a gazillion playoff games. Don't check that number, but it's somewhere in the, in the realm of a gazillion. And Matthew Stafford. The Rams, who has just come off winning his first ever playoff game, off to Tampa. The Rams go. Um, I I struggle with this game a little bit because part of me thinks it ends up being very one-sided. And part of me thinks we go back and forth. More of me thinks that. Uh, but I don't know. The Bucks are interesting. They're a little banged up, but they did just obviously annihilate the Eagles. But they yeah. are a little banged up, but They've got people on this team that have been there before and know how to win playoff games. Uh, but I think you have a Rams team that's that's hungry and excited and is really, especially offensively, obviously you have Cooper Cup, who's had an incredible season, but they're really like clicking here at the right time. And then even like Vaughn Miller, you saw him on Monday night, really show why they made that trade. Every trade is working for the Rams. So, oh, I don't know. This is a toughie. Yeah, well, and, and I, I think because it, it is such a tough one, I, I think that – that bodes well for the entertainment factor in this game. Uh-huh. I think uh, 
here's the, the thing, like the Rams have beaten the Bucks the last two years, you know, in, in the regular mm-hmm. season and, and they've done so pretty convincingly. And so the Sean McVay sort of keep the same game plan and risk mm-hmm. that Brady will have cracked the code in the meanwhile. And Tom Todd Bowles on the other side and, and uh, you know, defensively for the Buccaneers or will Sean McVay try to maybe outsmart himself and try to do something different, thinking that the Buccaneers are going to counter for what they've seen. So it's an interesting chess match in that mm-hmm. regard um, in, in kind of what game plan the Rams are going to put together. Um, you know, I, I think the Buccaneers, Tom Brady will overcome those injuries. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be able to get enough, you know, out because th- that Rams team is, is talented. They're playing together. The young guys they're have come so along, developed, um, and, and I think they've figured it out. So I think the Buccaneers are going to have to play good ball. I think Matthew Stafford, um, you know, gets the benefit now of a Rams team that has two uh, dynamic running backs in the backfield that have, have run the ball and it sort of takes that pressure off of him. He knows he can be a little, um, you know, less risk averse and not maybe force passes that, that he otherwise would have tried in the regular season. And I think that all bodes well for the Rams now, to, to go in and, and beat the Buccaneers. That's a tall task, but, but I agree with you. I kind of go back and forth and think, well, on paper, the, the Rams are healthier. Um, mm-hmm. They might be hungrier. Um, and, and but but then, like you, you try to justify for years and years and years all that stuff against Tom Brady when he was in the right. and time and time again, you know, he put those notions aside. So it's for those reasons you, you do go back and forth, and, and why it should be a classic on Sunday. And it's funny, I am I am of the opinion, and sometimes I'm right about this and sometimes I'm not because it's based on zero, zero data and it's just kind of a gut thing. But sometimes I think the Rams having beat the Bucks so convincingly the last two years tells me the Bucks are going to win this football game. Like, you know, yeah. you know there's well, it's just like it's just like the Saints <laughs> last year. The right. Saints beat the Bucks twice in the regular season and then they come back and blow them out in the regular season. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I think a lot of that was the Bucks coming back healthy you know, mm-hmm. last year and, and made, made the playoff run relatively uh, intact and, and it's not the case this year, but that defense sure looked good last week against Philly and, uh, and, and Todd Bowles, you know, coming off the Super Bowl win last year had, mm-hmm. had that defense, you know, flying around. So I would expect it to be very challenging for the Rams offense to operate, but that defense, you know, looking like, like with Von Miller coming around the edge and Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. of course, and, and Leonard Floyd, you know, you're, you're always, you know, ready for him to break out and have a huge game. Um, you know, I think the pass rush will be there, but can that secondary, you know, Eric Weddle now has, you know, a little rust off, off the mm-hmm. belt there, you know, can Tom Brady, you know, pick on him or, or find holes in the secondary. It's just every different component of the game is just so fascinating. And I think, um, you know, I, I think we're in for a classic there too, at least hopeful anyway. Yes. I, I think we're going to get four really, really good games this weekend. I am, I am not scared to say I think each of these games will be a battle. Is what and, I, well, and I think, too, about the Buccaneers and, and them being banged up is, you know, last year, in many respects, with Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans, and Gronkowski, and mm-hmm. you know, Cameron Brayton, whatever, they just felt like an all-star team. Well, right. now, they, they still have Gronk, they still have Mike Evans, uh, you know, they still have Tom Brady, and, and if they can get Leonard, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones back healthy that's still a really good offense with the greatest quarterback of all time operating that. So it's not like, you know, it's going back to 2019 Patriots where mm-hmm. there was a banged up Julian Edelman and nobody else. Right. It's still a high powered offense. And I think we tend to forget that depleted 
Buccaneers doesn't mean empty Buccaneers. And, and I think we saw that against Philly over the weekend. I think that that's a very, very good point. All right, before I let you go, we're going to go game by game and we're each going to give our picks. I won't make us do score predictions because I'm terrible <laughs> at those, so I wouldn't do that to you. But we are going to start Cincinnati Titans. Who you got? Ooh, I'm I just gonna, made I'm them the Cincinnati I'm, Titans. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stick with my. I'm going to stick with my pre-playoff picks and go mm-hmm. to Tennessee here. I am too. I'm. I'm going to pick the Titans. All right, Niners Packers. I have the Packers in this one. Just oh, so close. <sighs> I, I struggle that. with this one. This one's. A, this is a struggle. Survey but says. I'm just going to give it to the Niners because why not? I mean, let's just give it to them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That's what I feel like. And I feel like, I mean, the Packers, my my gut tells tells me the Packers are going to win. But you know what? I'm just going to pick the Niners because why not? So I'm going to go with that. Uh, All right. We are going Rams, Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. It's it's impossible for me at this point to pick against Tom Brady. It's just, you know, I, I think I did it last year in the Super Bowl. You know, I thought mm-hmm. Mahomes was going to do it, um, despite the tackles, injuries, and all that. And, and Brady once again kind of proved me wrong. So I'm kind of done doing that until he decides to retire. I agree. I'm going Buccaneers. My I have a life motto, which is I never bet against Tom Brady. So I'm definitely <laughs> going to go Buccaneers. And then maybe the toughest one: Bills, Chiefs. I mean, I really gave my pick earlier. I am picking the Bills. Who you, who you got? I got the Chiefs. I just think okay. you know, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know. Kelsey, all those guys, are they're just such different makers. And then we saw Jet McKinnon step up to the forefront. So, um, you know, even though maybe Clyde Edwards-Alaire goes, can't go, Daryl Williams, they have another guy in Jet McKinnon, a very capable back, uh, you know, as you know, watching him as a 49er when he was healthy. um, Mm -hmm. But uh, it looks like he's healthy now and ready to contribute. So I think that the the Chiefs have come together uh, and and being at home on Sunday, I think, will, will go a long way. All right. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Omar. We will see how we do. We'll have to check in on Sunday and see how we did on our picks. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. Uh, This was fun, Tracy. I appreciate it. I know uh, we've been talking about, you know, getting together uh, on the show for a while. I'm glad we uh, made it happen. And uh, yeah, enjoy the games. I think we're in for some, uh, you know, four thrillers. I agree. You enjoy them as well. And if you guys like what you heard, which I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Talk to everybody later. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.